Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department's spokesperson, Chris Scouts. Chris, it's uh, you know it's that time of year again, that Special Olympics and uh, Law Enforcement Torch Run and all the polar plunges. It's, it's happening. You're, you're aware of that, right? I'm aware. We've done lots of podcasts over the years about yeah. uh, all the different events, and uh, we've still not jumped in, but uh, nobody's forced us to. We've gotten close, yeah. but we haven't done that yet. So instead, our, our mission is to just talk about it rather than Promote the heck out of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you know, Chris, because I know Joel posts a lot on social media about uh, the MDOC and, and kind of what we do around Special Olympics and Law Enforcement Torch Run, that we are huge supporters of, of these events, and you know we raise a lot of money. There are especially hubs around the state of DOC employees that raise a lot of money for Special Olympics. You know, we have some staff on today who are some of our biggest supporters of Special Olympics. And um, I'm, I'm excited to have a host of people on today, Chris. Your office is full today of MDOC staff. Mm-hmm. So let's let's introduce who, who's on. First, we have um, some staff from Macomb Correctional Facility. And then we have a staff person from Special Olympics. And I'll let you guys go ahead and uh, introduce yourselves and kind of tell us what you do. Inspector Robert LaDuke. I'm an inspector at Macomb Correctional Facility. I've been working 26 years with the department now, six years at Macomb. Frank Scambati, Assistant Resident Unit Supervisor, 30 years with the department, 25 at Macomb. Karen Swalgott, I'm a psychologist in the outpatient mental health team at Macomb Correctional. I've been with the department for 13 years. Andrea Ratchko with Special Olympics Michigan. I'm the law enforcement torch run liaison. I have been with Special Olympics since 2006 and the torch run liaison since about 2008. You guys have been involved in this for quite a while. What brought you to Special Olympics? Why did you get involved in, in doing um, such, a, such a cool thing? About five years ago, I was invited to my first event, and it just happened to be my cousin's first event at the Summer Games. And after my mother passed away, I haven't seen him for about three years, and we made a connection there. And ever since then, I've been seeing him at the games. I go to the local high school and train with them. I've watched how the Special Olympics has improved his life and the change over four years. I've seen a big difference in his life and brought me closer to the family, us two together. And the connection I meet with the other athletes and co-workers throughout the state has been very positive. Yeah, that's cool. So so you have a family member that's involved. What, what, uh, what What's his favorite event? I'm curious. Uh, track and field. Okay. He's, he's a runner. Yeah, runner and softball. Yeah, um, every year I get to put the um, medal on him. Yeah. Even if I'm assigned someplace else, I ask permission and I get over there. Yeah. And the feeling is unbelievable. Well, I'm sure I'm sure that. he appreciates that too, yes. right? I mean, that, I'm sure he looks forward to that every year. But I, I, I mean, I want to be clear: you don't have to have a family member involved to take part of this, right? No, um, it was a surprise for me to. I didn't even know he was going to be there that first right. year. Okay, so what about the rest of you guys? Do you have family members involved, or are you just there because you you want to support? To support, I got involved because I was running and somebody invited me to get involved with Central Route. I had no idea that it would, you know, seven years later yeah. I'd be going to the games and I'm now I'm on the executive council and it was all because I just like to run. So let's talk about kind of once you're involved, kind of what happens. So I know last or a couple weeks ago in Grand Rapids, you guys had your law enforcement torch run kickoff conference, right? Can somebody talk about what happens at that conference? Kind of what, why, why is that important? That's where we, we showcase what we do. Um, we have breakout sessions that teaches teach them about, you know, polar plunges, fundraising, tip a cop, fire history. truck poles and things like that. If 
people out there listening want to get involved, uh, how do they how do they get started? How do they get involved in this? I would suggest um, it's really easy. You would visit somi.org on the website. Look for my contact information. So this is Andrea. And you would just find how to be involved. Or you could go into your department or the agency and ask if anyone is doing it. Um, Usually you can tell by somebody that's probably selling shirts, I'm guessing, (laughs) or raffle tickets or challenge coins, and you'll know that they're involved. If they're not, like I said, we're always looking for more people. So it's just really an outreach to others and asking. And probably word of mouth would be my guess within the department. Right. We do it at work. We will try to recruit people and tell them about it. You know, a lot of people see us wearing the shirts and the, selling the T-shirts and they want to ask further questions about it. And we'll, we'll try to bring them in and take them to the medal presentations yeah. and the summer games and things like that. Well, I can always tell when it's, uh, when it's that time of year because at social media and around, around the office, you see people with the, with the T-shirts and the challenge coins. Mm-hmm. Um, so you always know that, that you know, it's, it's, it's kickoff time because we have a lot of staff here who are um, out raising money for, for this awesome cause. And I'm only doing this to maybe stoke some competition between the facilities, but I mean, maybe it's just because Robert's so prolific on Twitter that I see everything <laughs> yes. uh, that, that Macomb's doing, um, and I encourage other facilities to have somebody like that. Make sure you all have a Robert that can be out there <laughs> tweeting right. all kinds of stuff and promoting yourself. But I mean, it seems like you guys are doing a really, there's, there's just a ton of people at your facility that are really into this, and I wonder why you think that is. Is it because, you know, uh, Frank goes and then comes back and tells everybody about it, and, and then more people want to join her? What is it about it, about Macomb? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is that when we come back and talk about it, a lot of people who want to get involved. Um, our plunge really brought a lot of people more involvement in it. We have a, a big pl- a plunge team that raises a lot of money. And as far as me tweeting out the stuff, yeah, I do that just to, more of a competition with everybody else. Look what we're doing. What are you, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. One up us. <laughs> do something better. And it's the same way with us raising money at the facility. We raise X amount of dollars. We may, oh, what are you guys doing? What, how much you guys got so far? What do you, what do you, what do you add at your plunge? You know, we're at this, so it's a little competition, and it's only benefiting the athletes in the end. Good, and you guys won an award, right, for uh, what you we guys won put two together. awards. One for uh, the Ruby Award from Special Olympics for raising over over $10,000 at our facility, and we also run, won one for the... The Pathias Community Run. Yeah, it was our first run for during run week. We had one in Mount Clemens. So that was a big deal to have the fifth place. How many Out runs of, is there? We have 50 community runs in the state. Over. So... Wow, and it was our first one, so it was. So now, what's your goal for the next one? Gonna, oh, it's always oh, going to go up. We're going to be number that, one. That, yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that, that run one. will be. Yeah, number one plunge, number one run. Sounds like you need to get Chris uh, Gouts involved in that run then to, to be number one because he's <laughs> quite, to, the, quite the prolific run? runner. Yeah. <laughs> can, can you not run? Is, is there a way to be involved in that run? You can speed walk. <laughs> okay, that's, you know, just, I'm down with that. And a lot of those community runs are about raising awareness in those communities. And, and a lot of them have athletes there with us. So it's more, we're not really running 5Ks and trying to win. We're doing a walk or a run through the, the, the towns or cities that we're in and carrying flags and having athletes talking to people on the streets, letting them know what we do. So Did I hear a rumor that you guys helped create the first or one of the first plunges in Macomb County? Yes, we did. Last so. year was our first plunge and we raised over $31,000. It was the Bloody Mary bar that brought people in. I, I'm sure that, that will always bring people in. And, and you know, keep people warm when they jump in. But I, I know Grand Rapids, Kent County, Probation, they raise quite a bit of money. Are, are they on the same level as you guys? I, I think they raise in the 20s. Kent County Parole is actually one, yes. They raise about 20000 
and it just depends. They do it through two different plunges. So they do it through the Grand Rapids plunge, and they also visit the Turk Lake plunge because yep. it's a lot, um, the atmosphere is a lot more fun, I would say, at the Turk Lake sure. plunge if you're looking for one there. And then they do it, again, through shirt sales, their fire truck pull, coins. So, again, a lot of these agencies are doing it through different fundraising efforts throughout the year. I'm an FOA, so you know we give Kent County um, a lot of props for the, the money they raise. They do an awesome job. A lot of great people over there working hard. But let, let's talk about that, Andrea, because you, know, you brought up some different events. You brought up the, the fire truck pole and the tip a cop. And uh, I think most people think law enforcement torch run, they think polar plunge. But there's so much more to Special Olympics um, and raising money for them um, through the law enforcement torch run, right? It's not just polar plunges. Can you talk about all the events that take place to raise money? Sure. So we have probably an event, I would say, every month, roughly. And they can be um, Dunkin' Donuts, which Macomb Correctional Facility got behind this past year and is going to do it again in 2020. But that's pretty much law enforcement and corrections who collect funds at Dunkin' Donuts on one day, May 5th, 15th. And then we also have Tippecops, which are, again, law enforcement torch on volunteers, usually for about a four-hour stint, who collect donations. And I like those events one of the best because you get to sit down with the general public and educate them about Special Olympics and law enforcement torture on and what we're doing in local communities. Then we also have fire truck pulls, community runs, there's Dunka Cops, there is, I think you guys do stuff inside the facilities as well. So I, I, I'm sure you guys have a goal in Special Olympics, how much you want to raise. And I think when people hear about how much money you actually want to raise, it's large. It's a very large number. So the more that people get involved, the more that they can do the events and raise more money. Talk about how much you want to raise and kind of where that money goes to. So I haven't really put it out there, but I guess now it is. We would love to hit $2 million in 2020. That is my ultimate goal. We hit 1.7, and I think we are on target for the $2 million. And that is just, I mean, again, that is through people getting involved, us creating and spreading the word. It's opportunities like this for people to come out and talk about what we're doing. And the money goes back to there is no cost for an athlete to participate at a local, regional, and statewide level. So the money that you are raising goes back to support everything that they are doing from transportation to uniform to soccer balls, volleyballs, you name it, that money is being raised to pay for that. Yeah, and I think what we talked about just a minute ago, just because there's so many things that you can volunteer, I think that really helps because you guys are saying more, if you come back to the facility and you tell about everybody at the summer games, well, obviously we're in a profession where not everybody at the work site can go and take off that day and go. So that way, because there's so many other things that you can do throughout the year, I think that probably helps bring it, uh, get more people involved. But um, Andrea, I'm just wondering... I would assume maybe a lot of the people that do volunteer or that contribute, maybe they do have a personal connection and maybe that's, maybe their family does something. But what other types of groups outside of corrections are really big like this? Or are we kind of the a whole profession that seems to be just so involved into this? Are there a big police team or are there big firefighting teams or whatever it might be? So we had three Diamond Award winners this year, and that is raising $50,000 or above. And the three largest groups were Michigan Department of Corrections, Michigan State Police, and Fraternal Order of Police. So those are, I would say, our largest driving forces of our fundraising efforts currently. DOC came in first place last year as a money raiser at 153000 Mm-hmm. I don't know if everybody heard you. Can you say that again? We came in what place? First place. <laughs> okay, Michigan, good. Michigan good. Department good. of Corrections. Yes. Competition, right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> so let, let's talk about the summer winter games because I know those are bigger events for everybody. When they take place, what, what happens at the events? Where are they at? Can you guys talk about the games? So the winter games is the next event that people can volunteer at, and that's in the Traverse City area, and that's... February 5th through 7th. So anybody in the department that wants to become involved, they can volunteer at no cost. They just have to get themselves up there. The hotel is paid for, and it's a great time. It's handing out medals to athletes. It's all you have to do is have fun and hand out medals. 
We did high fives, um, hugs. That's it. That's awesome. We did what snowshoes mm-hmm. last year. So you, I mean, it's cold. You're outside, and you know we have our uniform coats on and stuff to show we're from DOC, and they set it up where you can do the first, second, third place or team medals. It's, it's and you a don't lot have to do every day either. You can do one day. Okay. And are we required to wear uniforms to do law enforcement torture? I'm a psychologist, so I don't. I just wear something that's law enforcement cool. torture on. Okay. But we encourage it because the athletes love seeing sure. the staff in uniforms. They're 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 heroes to them, so they're yeah. hugging them, and every time they see a police officer, they're hugging them. You want their picture taken? Corrections. That's why we push so hard to get uniformed staff at our events because the, the athletes just they love it. Yeah. But if you're not, but if you don't have a uniform, no, you, you can still come. Go. You can still come. Wear DOC uniform. Wear DOC or get a sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, for sure. And I tell everybody, make sure you bring a Sharpie. All the oh, athletes yeah. want your autograph. Um, yeah. You being there, <laughs> the smiles you see is unbelievable. And the high fives. And they'll walk up to you. They want your autograph. Yeah. And I've met athletes, a lot of athletes, and I'll be someplace else. And they'll recognize me and come up to me. It's a great feeling that um, you Very get to see. Very rewarding. Very rewarding. Yeah, you know, and I, and I don't even know, Chris, maybe people don't understand what the summer game and winter games are for Special Olympics. Can you kind of just, I mean, you, I know you say hand out medals, but what it's it's like the Olympics, right? It's I mean, their, It's, it's like their Olympics. Yeah. It's what they've yeah. been working hard for all year. So there's tons of events. There's swimming. There's track. There's, I mean, there's yeah. weightlifting. Bowling, uh, bocce. Everything. They do downhill skiing for the winter games, ice skating. Snowshoe. Snowshoe, cross country, snowboarding. It's... It's a it's a big it's a big event. So, so, so it's really it's really it's really fun event just to go watch number yes. one. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, yeah. and then and then to be involved and able and be able to pass out medals. Just the excitement and the energy. Right. Yeah. And there's unified games too, where <clears throat> officers can be on these teams with the athletes. And something I'd like to say on volunteering from a tournament perspective is that we actually are trying to become more and more and spread the word of inclusivity. So we ask, like, if you're nervous about leaving your family for a day or leaving kids at home, it's a great opportunity to bring your kids out and also interact with those with intellectual disabilities because one of the Special Olympics goals, and it has been for probably the past five to seven years, is what Robert talked about is unified. So that is teaching the general public how to interact with those with intellectual disabilities and get that experience. And so as we spread it through our our youth were able to then they're involved for life and it's a great opportunity for them to interact with those with intellectual disabilities it's awesome it is in um i know my wife goes every year and she talks about this so highly she's involved so it, it is a great event it, it's it's awesome it's wonderful I, I appreciate you guys coming on today to talk about um, special olympics and what mdoc does around the law enforcement torch run and and I think we have a polar plunge this weekend in jackson and lansing correct january 25th there is one in jackson then January 26th is Lansing, and then February 22nd is Macomb. And I know that Elger would want to plug, so they are March 14th, and that is run by Elger Correctional Facility folks. So That must be really cold up there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Must be some cold water. It's almost, it's almost better to have the cold air. <laughs> oh, yeah. So when it feels better. Right. water, it feels like you're in a hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> well, but well, when you get out is I, the issue. I, th- I, th- I think I think you're lying. Number one, I think it's, I, I don't think it feels like a hot tub, but maybe, maybe over exaggerating. Yeah. <laughs> but we will say at the Macomb Plunge, we have hot showers afterwards. That's good, and hopefully hot chocolate or some or, or you know everything. So, yeah. yeah, coffee. Yeah, right. Hot a lot of things yeah. to keep you warm. That's right. That's and right. You, and I know it's usually a big secret. And you probably don't want to say what if there's a theme or out for your costumes, but maybe if you don't want to divulge what you're going to be this year, but maybe you could talk about what, you're, what you've done in the past couple of years because usually it's pretty fun themes and you guys have fun with the yeah, costumes. Last year we won the uh, first place for the team costume and we were Simpsons characters. Oh, nice. 
Nice. My kid would love so that. Yeah. We have Krusty the Clown here. <laughs> you know, if you remember, Chris, we did have a podcast a year or so ago with Russ Marlin on, Deputy Director Russ Marlin, and we did talk about his, his outfits. There are quite a few interesting and fun outfits at these events. These events are fun. There's a, it's a, quite the atmosphere. There's lots of people dressed up, lots of people having fun. But, Robert, you don't have to jump, right? You can go and not jump? No, you can, uh, you can go. You can buy a shirt that's too chicken to plunge. Or if you don't want to buy the shirt, you can go and just people watch. You can. Most of them have raffles there. They have gift baskets, food, drinks. Bands. Bands. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun there. And, and a lot of them have athletes there. So you can interact with the athletes, talk to staff, and just uh, another event to bring on awareness. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, Chris, you gonna, are you going to go get a T-shirt that says Two Chicken to Jump? Or? Um, I, I, I definitely would probably have to buy that. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think <laughs> that would be clear. If you jump, it's, it's, it's mandatory. For <laughs> All <you>. right. <laughs> yeah, if you, can, if you can make it out to a polar plunge, if you have a family member involved or some coworkers, make sure you try to get out because it is fun. The costumes, just the atmosphere, it, it, is, it is a good, good time um, for a good, good cause. And guys, you know, we can't thank you enough for what you do, not only with the job, every single day with the corrections. Uh, you guys do some amazing work here, but beyond that, in your communities, you guys are going above and beyond, and we can't thank you enough for what you do every single day. So, And Andrea, thank you too for what you do every single day uh, with Special Olympics because you are clearly uh, making a difference in, in many, many, many people's lives. Um, so we appreciate what you do too. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming up Field Days and talking about it. We appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. You know, it's fun to watch social media during this time because you get to see all the fun polar plunges in everybody's costumes. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing a lot of cool posts from people out being involved in these torture events. But, you know, let's talk about the comms corner. That's what I call from now on because we talk about comms quite often. Comms should probably have its own space in this podcast because it is such a huge, huge initiative that the department's rolling out. And they are continuing to roll out in 2020. So comms project is, is off to a strong start so far this year, um, according to the experts. The statewide go-live uh, of the healthcare module was completed on January 14th. So last week, the statewide healthcare module is is officially done. The next rollout is going to be uh, field operations and the pro board, which I'm very excited about. And uh, and then CFA thereafter, you know, that's, that's going to be a huge undertaking for CFA. The COUNTS project will continue to hold readiness calls with the change champions. We've talked about change champions on this podcast before and kind of what their role is. So, you know, be looking for um, change champions across the across the state to kind of uh, explain what comms is, where they're at with it, and that will continue in 2020. And, you know, as always on the podcast, we will continue to talk about comms, where they're at, what modules are done, what's upcoming. Um, but there's also, you know, there's lots of flyers and, and posters across uh, the department that are helping to explain what, what this is, where they're at. So, um, but we'll make sure, Chris, won't we, to talk about comms on the podcast and have, have its yeah, own little spot on our, absolutely. on our podcast here. So, you know, Chris, yesterday was Martin Luther King Day, which is a state holiday. It's a very important day. But we also know that although a lot of people did get the day off to go do community service work or whatever they do, a lot of staff had to work. We're, we're at work protecting people, um, the, the, the citizens of the state of Michigan. And you know, we always say it, and we mean every second of it when we say this, but uh, you know, we, we, we realize that some of our staff don't get the day off, and, and they are here working, um, and we appreciate them very, very much for, for doing that. Totally agree with that. People forget about that, that they're behind the wall, and they, they drive by, or they just don't think about it. But yeah, we have a lot of staff, thousands and thousands of people around the state uh, that were working on Monday uh, away from their families. And we really appreciate what they do. Yeah. And, you know, on a, um, on a, I guess on a little different note, I guess you could say it's it's um, good news and bad news. But you have some news about... You're quitting? 
<laughs> no, uh, I'm not. I, I'm not able to retire yet, Chris. So I just met the podcast. Uh, no, <laughs> no, I am not quitting unless you're firing me. But you know, in the UP, we did have we did have some news of a correction officer up there, right? It's you know obviously not good news when we when you have one of your employees end up going to prison. I mean that's that's definitely not good, and that's something that we would typically talk about. But this was such a, a unique case, um, and unfortunately, something that happens that that, that that does happen when you have an employee who uh, breaks the law and actually smuggles in uh, drugs into the prison. You know, it's it's very sad and unfortunate, but it just hopefully brings to the surface again the importance of being diligent and watching out and making sure that this doesn't happen. And so a really big kudos to our inspector there, uh, Terry Wilkins and uh, the warden, uh, Connie Horton, and all the folks who were involved in bringing this and, and discovering this and uncovering it, working with Michigan State Police and the upset team there in the UP. And also a big thank you to the county prosecutor there, uh, Rob Stratton. Uh, as you know, Greg, you know we have prisons in more than 20 counties, and sometimes what happens in our prisons is really dependent upon uh, the prosecutor in that county and who that prosecutor is at the time, whether or not they're going to take seriously crimes that happen inside uh, the walls. And unfortunately, sometimes, uh, whether it's an assault on an officer or, or something that happens between prisoners or prisoners having weapons or drugs being found, sometimes those don't get prosecuted uh, for whatever reason. And uh, I'm, we're just so appreciative. You know, I talked with the director and I know she was just so thankful that this prosecutor chose to take this seriously, understood the gravity of the situation uh, and chose to prosecute. And uh, the the prosecutor was successful, um, and last week it was announced that uh, this former officer is now going to be serving uh, up, up to two to 20 years in prison for, for bringing in drugs, and we really hope that this serves as a wake-up call, and it shouldn't need to be, but you know, when you have something like this that's such a, a, a such a huge breach of, of what an officer and their roles and responsibilities are, um, that when, when this happens, that we want to make sure that people can see this as a learning opportunity, and how dumb and how dangerous it is to bring drugs into this our facilities. We all know that drugs are a problem in prisons, but when it's our own staff bringing it in, it just makes it so dangerous for your not only your fellow officers, but everyone else that works in that prison and also the prisoners. So we just hope that people will can find a way to learn from this and understand that if you do get caught, it's not just a slap on the wrist. You might end up uh, living in that prison that you previously were working in. And we hope that it doesn't happen again, but we really want to, we were just so pleased and fortunate that the prosecutor and, and the judge there took this seriously and took this case so that, you know, hopefully this never happens again yeah for sure i mean there's so many staff that are um making a difference every single day you know corrections officers inside prisons that and doing the right thing and 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 always doing the right thing when nobody's looking and you know really trying to uh, make an impact so it's unfortunate you're absolutely correct um and dangerous so and that's uh, why we have this podcast is to talk about all those examples when they do all those great things because the media typically doesn't write about the positive everyday things that our staff do every day to change lives which is the majority of it, which yeah. is ninety nine and a half percent of what what happens every day here, and so but when yeah when somebody does something like this, it ends up in the papers because it was in court, and I I get that. When but when when something like that does happen, you can find a way to actually turn it into a positive sure. to say, look, this is something that we hold it hold it up as here's an, here's a very big outlier, uh, but something that we yep. really need to learn from. Yeah, for sure. I mean, people are going to hear about it it's in the news, so uh, we might as well talk about it, and we might as well highlight the ninety nine point nine percent of the staff that are awesome and, and doing an amazing job. So here's the good news, Chris. I said that's that's the unfortunate part of uh, of the news here. Um, the good part is is ARU Lieutenant Levin's friend of the pod gives out. Uh, I guess you call it an award. Would you call it an award every quarter? Yeah, I would say so. I would love to get this award. I, I could never get it, but. Uh... 
I would I would love to have an award like this. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a huge like wrestling belt that yeah. he gives to his investigator that gets the most arrest in the quarter. And in the, in the final quarter of t- 2019, it was uh, investigator Darren Furden, who was an awesome guy, by the way. If you go on social media under in, in the Michigan Department of Corrections Twitter page, you can see a picture of him and his team uh, with him holding the belt. And so huge shout out and congrats to uh, Darren for um, having the most arrest in the final quarter of t- 2019. He uh, he got the Top Gun heavyweight belt for another three months. He had retained him before. His, he retained yeah. his uh, he retained his title. So huge kudos to Darren, awesome guy, um, does some amazing work and is out really. I mean, this is a true sense of, of, of keeping community safe. He is getting some some people who uh, are fugitives off of the street for um, for the citizens. So um, congrats to Darren and and of course Lieutenant Levins for for creating this environment of uh, of competition and, and just having some fun. So yeah, there's a supervisor who you know. You could just manage ARU and, and just do the timesheets and, right. you know, make sure everybody shows to work up on time. But no, he, out of his own pocket, he did. creates he did. this award. He does awesome stuff for his his staff at Christmas time out of his own pocket. And then here creates no, this not award. Not only his staff, but he, I think he gave you something. I don't know yeah, why he gave I, you I, something. I get, yeah, I get, I get one every year, too. I, f- I feel guilty because I'm not out there kicking indoors and, and keeping the public safe. But yeah, his staff does an amazing job. And, and we always love uh, hearing what uh, what Levins uh, does for his staff because it's really cool. Yeah. You got anything else, Chris? I think, uh, you know, I think it was a good, good podcast talking about Special Olympics and what we do around uh, the, you know, Special Olympics and law enforcement torch run and uh, if you don't got anything else I think we can probably wrap this up right yeah let's get out of here all right we'll stay tuned next week for a new episode of field days podcast all right as always thank you for listening we'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast you can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review you can always follow the department on Facebook at MI corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.